Welcome to Igris Moshe A to Z. I'm Rabbi Dove Linzer, and we're in the middle of a series on M medical ethics. And in this episode, we're going to look at Rav Moshe's true vote relating to the issues of triage. Now, triage is the process of determining the priority of a patient's treatment, which is based either on the severity of their condition um, or the likelihood of their recovery. And this is, of course, done without regard to the gender, race, societal status, or the social worth of the patient. If a doctor has to choose between two patients, does not look at any of those factors, looks at only the relevant medical issues. And this would, of course, seem to be completely consistent with a toe review, which starts from the principle that, you know, all human life is of infinite value. Everybody is created in God's image. And questions about societal status or, you know, social worth should be completely irrelevant. Um, although there have been some philosophers that say that they should be, that those things should be considered and factored in. I think that that deeply goes against the grain, our sort of ethical moral grain um, and very much, uh, you know, really can abide by, uh, we very much really can affirm um, and identify with the, uh, the principle that those are not factors at all. And if, and actually the way the medical profession works is if, all other factors being equal, uh, people of equal severity, equal likelihood of recovery, and so on, that there should be some form of a lottery or some form of a random choosing, that even in those cases, uh, these other factors of uh, social worth or societal status should not be relevant. Now, that Although that would seem, as we said, to be exactly where the halachic and Torah values would point us, it actually does not seem to be where the halachic material points us. And this is an issue which, to which Rav Moshe is going to address himself. Um, the first big distinct question is the issue of Jew versus non-Jew. Um, as we sort of is well known, halacha gives preferential treatment or actually obligations of one Jew to a fellow Jew, where those obligations would not apply towards a non-Jew. Of course, here we're not talking just about obligations obligations, but actually about saving a life and the value of human life. But uh, interestingly, maybe surprisingly to some, even in this case, the Talmud uh, makes a big difference between Jews and non-Jews, um, and certainly says that the case, for example, on Shabbos, uh, that not when one is choosing between the two, but just when it's the question of saving the life of a non-Jew, uh, the simple reading of the Gemara is that Shabbos should not be violated, certainly there should be no biblical violation of Shabbos, um, to save the life of a non-Jew. Um, and of course, this is really hard for us, I think, to get our head around, because we're talking about a human life, um, and we know that the principle is you violate Shabbos to save a human life, you should live by them, pikuach nefesh is more important than the observance of Shabbos, um, and here the Gemara seems to be saying that uh, it would not apply in the case of a non-Jew. So we're going to first look at a Tshuva of Rav Moshe dealing with this issue about saving the life of a non-Jew on Shabbos, um, and then we're going to turn to the question of the more specific triage of, of having to decide between people based on either the medical severity or whether one factors in issues like social status and societal worth. But the first point, of course, is to determine that uh, the importance and the weight of saving the life uh, of a non-Jew um, to begin with. Um, so we take a look here at the Tshuva of Moshe, and this is in Igris Moshe, um, Or Chaim, 479, um, and this is from 1979. And the question was, 
um, that somebody is a doctor. Um, and you want to know how to act in a couple of matters and sort of what halacha would dictate. Um, and then he deals with certain issues. And then he says, okay, but what happens when it comes to treating a non-Jew on Shabbos? Now, the Gemara said that in that case, you can always tell, the, you know, tell people, well, look, I can't treat a non-Jew on Shabbos because, you know, I can all, it's my Shabbos and therefore I can only help people that keep Shabbos. For Moshe says, that uh, reason or explanation will not uh, find any validity if you try to give that nowadays. He says, if there's no other doctor available, um, and you refuse to treat this patient on Shabbos, this non-Jew, nobody's going to say, oh, well, it makes sense because he's a Shabbos observer, so he'll only treat fellow Jews. Nobody's going to hear that. And if there's no other doctor, they'll treat you as negligent and a murderer that you're letting this patient die. Now, Rav Moshe frames this in terms of what people will say. Uh, one also, though, has to wonder, is that Rav Moshe's only concern that in principle would be fine if nobody would, if you could get away with it and if nobody would know any better? Or is he actually suggesting, you know, between the lines that actually there, this is the reality, that uh, we're dealing with human life and how could you be negligent and be a factor, you know, be uh, uh, in this person's death? You're, you're almost would be considered like a murderer. Certainly this is what people are going to say. So in that case, what should you do as a Shabbos observer and based on what seems to be the halacha that one does not violate Shabbos uh, in this case? So in this case, he says, first of all, what you can try to do is to not work on Shabbos. Try to swap with the non-Jews that they'll work on Saturday, you'll work on Sunday. It'll be a, it'll be a relationship that works for everyone. But Rav Moshe says that's not always possible. If you have to be in the hospital on Shabbos, or you have your own office and you have your own patients, and even if the office is closed on Shabbos, your patients are going to turn to you and they're going to expect you as your doctor, as their doctor to come and take care of them. And he's and then you would be obligated to take to treat them. Even though it's a Shabbos viol- even though it would be a violation, a, a biblical violation of Shabbos. Um, and then so Rav Moshe says, so what are you supposed to do in this case? So he says the following. In this case, we have to be concerned for such great hatred and enmity Enmity um, that of Ancheimdina of the people of the country that they will you know you not only before we spoke about the fact that you know they'll consider you negligent and a murderer and now Moshe is even broadening it what are they going to think about religious Jews altogether what is this going to lead in terms of how people about the hatred that non Jews could have of fellow of Jews and also there could be a reaction from the government that you definitely have to worry about concerns about uh, safety and of your own life, and it's the suggestion seems to be also of fellow Jews, if you were to act in this way. So right now, we'll just pause for a second and notice what Rav Moshe is doing. On the one hand, Rav Moshe is sort of is saying that this will break out into huge anti-Semitism, or at least at, you know, danger to you personally, both from, you know, both from people and also from the government. We'll remember, if you go back to Igris Moshe from the first letter, letter A in America, that Rav Moshe deeply appreciated the freedom of religion and the equality of all people that were the found, that were fa- foundational principles in America. Um, and nevertheless, he's suggesting, you know, that maybe there will be some 
anti-Semitic reaction from the government itself. And look, we have had periods in our history where uh, where there have been some of those elements even at the you know governmental levels. But it's interesting to note that um, you know it's interesting to note though that Rav Moshe sort of puts that in here, even though that would seem to go a little bit against uh, the grain of his general approach to America. But nevertheless, certainly concern about how other people would react and about the type of danger that might uh, that this might put Jews or this particular doctor in. And because of this danger, Rav Moshe is going to say, you can save the life of a non-Jew. Now, so it boils down to you're saving the life of the non-Jew, not because the life of the non-Jew itself is of greater importance than Shabbos observance. You're saving the life of a non-Jew because ultimately it is saving the lives of Jews. That if you did not do this, other Jews' lives would be in danger, and you're allowed to violate Shabbos to protect and save the lives of Jews. So that's why you can save the life of a non-Jew. And he says, and considering the circumstances in now, right, right now in our country, this was 1979. You know, this was not. This was a time when things were uh, Jews did not have to really worry in a significant way in terms of the attitude of the government towards Jews. But he says, There is actually a great danger that can accru- that can come as a result of this. Um, and Rav Moshe says, even in democratic countries that respect the freedom of religion, freedom of religion does not give you the right to not save a life on Shabbos, especially if you're a doctor and you have the ability to save a life. So even if we live in a democratic country that respects, you know, freedom of religion, that's founded on, you know, human lives and on caring for all of its citizens. Rav Moshe says you cannot, we have to worry about what the reaction will be, the large-scale reaction might be. So there's, there could be possibly huge consequences, um, Rav Moshe says, and therefore we have to work to save the life. Now, practically speaking, he solved the problem. He basically said, we save the lives of non-Jews on Shabbos, and once you have that ruling and everybody acts that way, um, then that becomes the general principle. We save the lives of non-Jews. That's what Rav Moshe says. However, this is a, um, you know, this is an example of a case where it's sort of the desired end result of the halacha, but not by actually, you know, reassessing the principle, but by creating a workaround. And when you do that, it's, you know, the benefit is that you've actually changed the practice. But the downside is that you haven't addressed sort of the deeper principle that the halacha is saying that the life of a non-Jew is less imp- is, is, is of less value than the observance of Shabbos. Now, there's a cost to that besides sort of an ideological sort of, uh, you know, issue that we would have with that, we might have with that. The cost is, is that if in principle you don't save the life of a non-Jew for its own sake, that uh, you might feel that there are cases where Rav Moshe's reason doesn't apply. And, you know, there have been known to be cases where certain people have acted and said, look, nobody's going to find out if I don't treat this non-Jew, you know, and so, and it's all just about a concern about anti-Semitism or danger to me, so maybe I can get away with not treating them. Now, thankfully, these are very few and far between and very rare, but it's a possibility giving Rav Moshe's structure, and Rav Moshe makes it clear, like, that you can never assume that, that you always have to assume that there might be danger, but... You know, it still is a possibility given 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 the way he frames it. Now we should contrast this to two other approaches in the postgame. You know, there are those postgame that basically say 
you don't save the life of a non-Jew on Shabbos, that actually are not willing to sort of, you know, assess whether this halacha's application nowadays and whether, you know, whether it ever really meant this or, you know, certainly whether it means this nowadays when we're not living in a situation of oppression by, you know, by, by the non-Jews that are, um, by non-Jewish country and by the non-Jewish populace. So uh, does, you know, so there's those that are not willing to sort of reassess and they say, you don't save the life of a non-Jew on Shabbos. Rav Avadi Yosef, for example, said that if a doctor has to operate on Shabbos and it's a non-Jew, what he should do to lower the violation from a biblical violation to a rabbinic one, which would make it permissible, is to actually have like two doctors, you know, doing it together, like two doctors holding the scalpel and operating together. So it's not a technical biblical violation. Of course, I would not want to be the patient under the scalpel of two doctors trying to work simultaneously. Um, So there are those that actually are not willing, you know, to as significantly as Rav Moshe, maybe they'll try to get even weaker workarounds, but as significantly as Rav Moshe, they're not really willing to reassess. Um, and on the other hand, you have those that are willing to go further. You know, there are poskim who basically say that we should interpret the Gemara to only be referring to idolaters, that it doesn't apply given the current realities about, you know, non-Jews and the, the non-Jews amongst who we live, uh, maybe other types of models of explaining it. And fundamentally, it does not apply to non-Jews. This is not true. A value of any life, uh, Jewish or non-Jewish, is more important than Shabbos. And Rav Moshe situates himself somewhat in the middle of these two. And this is, you know, interesting in itself about uh, a choice of of a posseik, which is it's always easier to sort of change the application of the law and keep the law on the books than it is to challenge the fundamental way the law is framed, you know, on the books. And uh, because that's a much more systemic or a radical change. And that's what Rav Moshe is doing here. He's changing the application and because of safety to Jews, therefore, you do, um, you're willing to violate Shabbos uh, because it protects Jews, not because it protects non-Jews. Um, and it has the effect of creating facts on the ground. And, you know, now since that ruling that was 79, you know, for 40 years, doctors and Hatzalah have been treating Jews and non-Jews equally. And that creates facts on the ground, which creates the same effect of understanding that Jewish and non-Jewish life, both of them um, are, are both, you know, both of them um, are ones that we save on Shabbos and that we treat equally. So it's a not going to sort of some of the core issues on which this is based, but certainly having the effect of shifting this question of how a doctor, how anybody sort of, you know, feels in terms of their responsibility to all life and not just to Jewish life. Um, so that's the first tshuva of Rav Moshe. It's not about triage per se, but it's the first step in this question of seeing the equality of all human life. Um, and again, Rav Moshe doesn't say it as as the principle in that way, he effectively makes it that way, but valuing all human life, which is the uh, first step in thinking about issues of triage. So now we turn from the issue of sort of the non-Jew to ask the questions about multiple people in front of you, does issues of social status, uh, you know, societal worth, um, if we were to, you know, ask this question, okay, you save the life of a non-Jew on Shabbos, but what if you had to choose between a Jew and a non-Jew? Should any of those be factors? And again, I would say that our moral intuition should be, is that, you know, those should completely not be factors. If everything else is equal, you do some lottery, those should completely not be factors. All human life is of infinite value. And that seems to be very true to our, um, you know, to fundamental Jewish values. Values. 
But uh, as I mentioned earlier, there are halachas that seem to say not that way. And it actually begins with a Mishnah and a Gemara in Horiot. This is Horiot 13a, where the Mishnah says the following. It says, Ha'ish kodim li'isha, a man comes before a woman, veda. If you have to choose which one to sustain their life, or which one to return a lost object, you return first to a man rather than a woman. Um, and then it says, but a woman comes before man. If the question is, is that they don't have any clothes to put on them, you know, they're naked or close to being naked. So a woman's sort of embarrassment um, about it, it is greater than a man. So you would take care of the woman first. Or if they're both being held captive, then, you know, a woman is much more subject to the possibility of rape. So then a woman comes before a man. But if it's the question of lahachayot to sustain life, a man comes before a woman. And this seems to say that when the specific circumstances are put aside, you know, halacha sort of gives greater weight to a man's societal or religious standing than a woman, and actually for that sake would get precedence. Now, this is, of course, opens a huge question in terms of, you know, gender and uh, egalitarianism and so on, which we're not going to get into. Um, but uh, we'll just now focus on the issue that it does factor in gender in terms of this question of lahachayot to give life to. Um, and similarly, the next mission goes on and talks about issues about societal standing. Kohen konim lulevi, levi li Israel. Kohen comes before levi, a levi before before an Israelite, a, a simple Israelite, and so on. All of those issues, um, these are your priority lists. Um, now, in one place at the very end of this list, the Gemara says that there's a great equalizer, and the great equalizer is Torah. The Gemara says, when is, the Mishnah says, when is this true if they're all equal? But if you have somebody who's a Talmud Chacham, even somebody of very low societal standing like a Mamzer, that person would even come before a Kohen. Now, this does, is not a fundamental principle of egalitarianism and equal worth. It's just saying that rather than worth being defined by sort of uh, societal status or, you know, a, a hereditary status, it's something that's accessible to all, the learning of Torah, but ultimately it is still a hierarchy, you know, it's a hierarchy in terms of achievement, in terms of knowledge, um, but nevertheless it is still a hierarchy. So the Mishnah creates these hierarchies in society, or these hierarchies in sort of halachic status that reflect either society, Torah knowledge, and so on, gender, um, and seems to say that this is an issue of lahachayot, to protect life, which would seem to be directly translate into the issue of triage. Now, it's interesting to note that by and large, the poskim, the early poskim, completely ignore this Mishnah. It's not found in Rambam, in the, you know, in terms of this issue of Lahachayot to provide life. It's not found in Shulchan Aruch. The only place that this is uh, really found is in a, like a few words in the Ramah. And this is the Ramah on Shulchan Aruch Yerdea, um, 252.8. And he says the following. He says, if man and, a man and a woman are about to drown, you save the man before the woman. So this Ramah seems to be saying, yes, if everything else is equal, then uh, men would come before women. Now, one would hope that this would be limited to cases, as I said, where everything else is equal, meaning not if a case where there's clearly one person has much more of a severe danger, um, it, you know, the, the likelihood of, of recovery is much greater for one person than the other, or the severity of the injury is much greater, or maybe you encountered one person before the other. Um, in all of those cases, we could assume that maybe those factors are of greater priority, but at least in a case where everybody's equal, the Ramah is saying that this hierarchy in Shulchan Aruch should 
should apply. Now, the first person that, that I know, the first posting that I know to sort of deal with this is Rav Moshe Feinstein in Etuvan Choshen Mishpat um, 274, subsection 1, from 1984. Now, other postkim deal with it as well, um, but uh, after Rav Moshe did, wrote his tshuva in 1984. And, um, and what he says is the following. In his, in, again, in his tshuva in Choshen Mishpat 274, 1, he discusses the issue, if, we're, if you'll remember from a previous podcast, we were dealing with the issue issue about, um, about uh, allowing a patient to die who is in pain and suffering and is terminal and so on. Now, Rav Moshe said that can be that decision that you can and maybe should make, uh, not to actively withdraw, but to allow somebody to die. Now, that was challenged by, uh, by one of his responders who said that, um, that this will lead to people saying that we look at quality of life um, and that somebody who is in, let's say, a persistent vegetative state, you know, you don't have to try to save them because they don't have any quality of life. And Rav Moshe says, Chas v'sholem, you know, who, first of all, we don't change their halacha because some people will draw crazy conclusions from it, and that's not what I'm saying. It never was about quality of life. It was about the question that this person is terminal and a concern about suffering. And he says, and obviously, even if a person is in a persistent vegetative state, he says that, anybody, anybody who knows a little bit of halacha, you know, is aware, that we have an obligation to work to, to save any person without any distinction with how wise they are, with their state of their mind, whether they're conscious, they're not conscious. Everybody, we have an equal obligation to save their lives. I was only talking about somebody that was terminal and in suffering. Now, Rav Moshe turns himself, he just made the statement that everybody is equal. So now he turns himself to this issue about the hierarchy that we find in Horiot. And he says the following. The only time we would give priority if we had to choose, so A, you have an obligation to save everybody, regardless. Number two, what about if you had to make a choice? So he says, even when we have to make a choice, the only thing that we would factor in if everything else was equal and we had to make a choice was the hierarchy in the mission, Horios. And then he says, But even regarding this, it's hard to act on this without great investigation. Now, what does he mean? I mean, what do you mean, great investigation? It's pretty obvious immediately, let's say, if somebody is a man or a woman, um, and you know some of the other factors, maybe if he's a Talmud Chacham or not, are not obvious. So presumably he doesn't mean Iyun Gadol of the doctor. What he probably means is, is like, do we really think we can just apply this Mishnah and Horios to actual cases to determine whose life we're going to save? We really need to investigate this with much greater depth before we're prepared to say that this will actually be practical halacha. Now, he doesn't say what the issues are, why might I think it's relevant or not relevant, but he says, like, uh, I'm not ready, yes, yet, you know, to actually, pr- in practice, apply this hierarchy and this mission horios. And then he goes further to say, and anyway, you know, the cases that will come up are very narrow, because usually there are other factors which will determine, you know, which patient should come first before we get to this hierarchy. And then he says like this, for Avboven she yod'im din, 
yesh kadima, even in a case where we know that there is some sense of a priority, that's only if they are, you know, all present at the same time and you had to choose. And first of all, if they're not the same time, then you have to go to the one that you were first called to treat. Um, um, so that's point number one. However, if you are on the way to go to patient one, but patient two is more urgent, you might have to switch to patient two. All of those are factors much more before we get to this question about societal status. And he says, Now, Rav Moshe is not about to set out the laws of triage. You know, there are questions about triage, which is the right system. Um, how much do you do with who you're called first? How much do you do with the severity versus the likelihood of recovery? So Rav Moshe says, I'm going to leave that to the doctors to figure out, but those are all fundamental questions of triage, and all of those have to be looked at before you even consider the hierarchy of um, of horios. Now, it could be that there are so many factors to consider that you'll never actually get to a case where all other factors are equal. And I believe that's what Rav Moshe, to a large degree, is trying to do. He's trying to say that, you know, that it's never true that all other factors are equal. There are so many things you have to look at before you get to this mission of Horios. And then he says, and even if you got to that point of everything being equal, I'm not really prepared to apply this in practice. Um, and then, so that's in this chuva where he makes it clear like, don't, don't go jumping to applying this, to applying this, many other things that you have to look like. Now, in another tshuva, um, in Igris Moshe, Choshe Mishpat 275, dated from, um, from 1984, also from 1984, he says, he makes a similar point, and he says the following. Um, he says, if you have to choose between a patient who is terminal, which he defines as will, li- will die within the year, and a patient who is not terminal, you treat the non-terminal patient first. But if both of them are halachically considered non-terminal, for Rav Moshe, that means both of them will live more than a year, then we don't start worrying about this guy's life expectancy is two years, and this guy's life expectancy is a full life for another 30, 40 years. No, once they're not in this category of terminal, everybody is treated equally. And you focus on the severity of the injury, the likelihood of recovery. You do not focus on getting to these almost quality of life, length of life types of ways of prioritizing. So once again, emphasizing the equality that we treat everybody with. But then he has to again turn himself to this mission Horios. And here's what he says. That because one person has a longer life expectancy than the other that has no relevance to who do you treat first um, and you have to go to who you're called first or who has a you know more more severe injury, um, and he says if every if those things are equal, so once again he says we should be going by this priority man versus woman, Cohen versus Levi, Talmud Chacham before other people. But then he says but if the if the doctor doesn't know that like how to how, how to rate people on that priority list then you could do a lottery then everybody's equal now again this is quite bizarre what do you mean the doctor doesn't know the doctor can't figure out who's a man and who's a woman i mean okay maybe he doesn't know who's a talmud chacham or not but um but once again it seems that what rav moshe is saying is like we're never really sure how to apply this either we're not really sure this is the halacha and i'm not prepared to apply it in practice or you know 
the doctor really isn't in a position to make these assessments based on this mission, Horios, without exactly explaining why not. So what Rav Moshe has done here in both of these two votes, if we step back and appreciate, in one, in terms of the life of a non-Jew, he has taken the halacha that seems to say you don't save a non-Jew on Shabbos and made it moot by saying, well, ultimately you do because of the lives of Jews. Here by this mission, Horios, it is clear that Rav Moshe does not want to apply this. And and how are you not going to apply it? It seems to be, you know, a clear halacha. So what Rav Moshe says is, number one, there's many, many factors that you have to consider that come way before you worry about this issue of social status or of these types of priorities. That's only with everything being equal. Number one. Number two is, I'm not really sure that this is applicable. I don't know why. I have to think about it. But sort of questioning how much we can actually apply the halacha and then questioning how much, you know, how much the halacha is the halacha we believe it to be. And then questioning whether the doctor can actually apply it in practice. So again, a way without actually directly saying this isn't the halacha, like he wasn't saying by by saving a non-Jew on Shabbos, it isn't the halacha. It is the halacha, but we're not ready to apply it. We have to, we don't know exactly what the parameters are. We don't know the doctor can make the right decision. In the end, it's going to be a lottery, even at once all the other factors um, are are equated, so are, are equal. Now, again, we'll just end by saying that it's interesting to compare this to two other postgames that came after of Moshe. So the Tzitz Eliezer of Waldenburg writes a tshuva in 1988, 18.1, where he basically deals exactly with this question. And he says, he does the sort of the work that Rav Moshe sort of put off. And he says, you know, except for the Ramah, none of the other posts can quote this about saving a life, this idea that a man comes before a woman to sustain life. And he makes a very strong argument that according to all other poskim, this issue of sustaining life is not about saving from a danger and they're about to die. It means if somebody if somebody's going around asking for money because they have to feed their family, that in that type of a case, if you had to choose between a man and a woman, you would give a man for whatever reason. But we're talking about giving them food. When it actually comes to their life at risk, this is completely irrelevant. That's what the Tzitz Eliezer argues. And uh, and then he goes on to also say something similar to Rav Moshe, that there's other factors we're not considering, like if, if, if being a Talmud Chacham comes first, then the degree of observance of mitzvos should come first. And it's too impossible to apply these, these, these uh, you know, these uh, uh, criteria in practice, which is similar to Rav Moshe, fleshing out Rav Moshe. So coming four years later, he sort of connects the dots of what Rav Moshe left open. Why this might not be the actual halacha, the halacha might not be talking about saving a life, bracketing the Ramah. And number two is it might, other reasons it might be hard to apply in practice. Uh, contrasting this sadly with the Shevet Alevi, uh, sadly in my opinion, um, Rav, uh, Rav Ozner, who writes in 1997 in um, uh, volume 10, number 167, that you actually do apply the standards of the Mishnah in Horios. And he again says, you first have to look at all the medical issues. Those all have to be equal. But once those medical are, issues are equal, yes, a man will come before a woman, a Talmud Chacham before a non-Talmud Chacham. And once we are saying that, he says a Torah observant Jew would come before a Jew that's not Torah observant. All of these things, I think, we uh, for for you know myself and I imagine for many others, uh, go are, are very morally, uh, ethically challenging and go deeply against a sense of fundamental equality of human life um, and that the idea that a 
applies in the medical system, that once all factors are equal, you go by a lottery, is certainly what Rav Moshe winds up saying in practice, though recognizing some of the challenges um, in terms of the mission Horios, and the Tzitz comes to tie up those loose ends um, to explain how, how that is possible, that the mission might be, not be talking about this case altogether, why it's hard to apply in practice. But Rav Moshe was clearly being sort of, uh, the way I read him, driven by an ethical intuition that we cannot actually use this in terms of questions of triage. So what we have seen is that um, in terms of this issue, as I said, not just about medical halacha, but about medical ethics, valuing of human life, priority in deciding who gets saved, um, Rav Moshe was, a, was approached two cases, one about not towards attitude towards non-Jews, one about priority based on social status, and effectively made them, uh, said that they were not applicable um, for either indirect reasons, protecting the life of a Jew, or because it's just clear that they can't be meant to be applied. We'll have to figure out why. Uh, clearly, all the other, anyway, medical issues come first. And that what you're left with as a result is the basic principle that we started with, which is all human life is infinite and issues about social standing and, and societal worth and other types of issues about gender and other questions, those are really completely irrelevant from the perspective of saving a life. So we've now seen really three to vote of Rav Moshe about medical ethics, two that dealt with autonomy, the right to choose risky procedures or refuse them, a fundamental right that a person does have over his or her life to in when there are some of these judgment calls, um, the right to choose to um, to allow death to occur with a terminal patient to save from suffering, re- relating to the DNR, DNI questions. And here, the issue of triage, where it's laying the fundamental principle that all human life is equal. Thank you for listening and look forward to seeing you back when we move from the letter M to the letter N. Thanks for listening to Igros Moshe A to Z with Rabbi Dove Linzer, now celebrating over 10,000 listens. This podcast is brought to you by Yeshivat Chovavei Torah and is a project of the Lindenbaum Center for Halachic Studies. With close to 150 rabbis in the field, YCT is leading and inspiring Kalal Israel with a Torah that is nuanced, compassionate, and contemporary. Check out yctorah.org to learn more.